Hey there, horror movie tea sippers. The following podcast will contain spoilers for the movie we are about to review. If you have not seen the movie and do not wish to have anything ruined prematurely, then please do not continue to listen until after you have seen the movie. And welcome to the Horror Movie Tea Podcast. Today in the Carrie series, we are finally doing the very last Carrie movie in existence at this time. Recommended by Nicole, by the way. Happy birthday! Yes, happy birthday, Nicole! Thank you so much for the request, and thank you so much for following our podcast. We wish you a very, very happy birthday today. All the best birthday wishes. I hope your day is wonderful and that you enjoy this episode. Yeah. So today we are covering Carrie t- uh, from 2013. But before we go into that, we do have a brief trigger warning. Yes. Just a heads up, guys. In this episode, there will be mentions of miscarriage, sexual and physical abuse, bullying and cyberbullying, suicide, self-harm, and self-mutilation. You have been warned. There are elements of this in the movie and in the book, which we will also reference a little bit here and there. Yes. But before we get into the movie, let's get into tea. So we're drinking (laughs) uh, Plum Deluxe again, and we are drinking the Garden Grove Green Tea. Yes. The Garden Grove Green Tea by Plum Deluxe has green tea, jasmine flowers, rose petals, dried cherries, vanilla essence, and also love, gratitude, and caffeine. (laughs) Had to add that. I love how on their their label here also, has caffeine is in italics. <laughs> it's italicized. <laughs> like, be warned. Everything else. It's, it's great. So we're excited to try it. It is one of the flavors that, that we got from Plum Deluxe to sample. So it'll be interesting. I'm not usually one for cherry. But with everything else, it smells really good. Yeah, I took a sip, and it's more of a... The best way I can describe it, it's more of like a wilderness type of flavor. Like, it's not a bad flavor. Like woodsy? Kind of. I don't know, it kind of reminds me of a garden. Like you. Well, it is garden grove. Great tea. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally, I promise I did not think of that because of the name. It's really just thinking on the spot the best way I can describe it. Doesn't it kind of taste like that? A little bit. It it does kind of feel like slightly wooded garden. Yeah. Like you would take a book outside in like a like an arbor area to read in mm-hmm. the sun. Yeah, like, it, it's a nice, pleasant flavor. I like it. Like a spring flavor. I will say I'm still extremely dic- addicted to the Reading Nook one. I've drank that one yes. multiple times now. and oh, I'm saving it. They may or may not have convinced me to go ahead and try <laughs> <laughs> one of their pres- uh, not prescription, subscriptions. 
you're prescribing it to yourself on a regular basis. Well, because it's like I was looking at the $15 a month one. And not only do you get like a completely unique tea that they create just for their subscribers, but then they also give you an additional of one from one of their stores or from their, their store that you can buy. I'm like, hmm, like a unique tea that I can't buy. Then what? I don't know. I, we'll see. I'm still debating, but it's definitely uh, very, very tempting. We'll see. So for those of you out there like me that aren't really big into cherry flavors or scents, this one is actually fairly muted and works really well with their tea. So it doesn't like punch you in the face with cherry, which is appreciated. Cherry <laughs> like a lot of other do that like... If it has cherry, that's all you can taste in it. No, this one this one actually blends well. Yeah. And one other thing I want to add before we get into the episode, for those watching the video podcast and maybe for those who are listening to the audio, um, I have a mic in front of my face instead of my headphone mic. And so I just... Bear with us for the next couple of weeks while it's like I've been testing it, but then even after you do the sound test, it's still hard to get just right. So we're we're adjusting the levels and everything. We're slowly transitioning into a new setup. So bear with us. Things might sound a little different and look kind of funny for a few episodes or so. We'll get there. I promise. Yes. <laughs> All to lead up to the grand finale of us being in person again, but finally, I know. But anyways, so quick summary for those who are just now joining us and have not listened to any of the other previous Carrie episodes. Um, I would hope you're somewhat familiar with the the Carrie story by Stephen King, but in case you're not, it's about a girl who grew up very sheltered in a religious household that has telekinetic telekinetic powers can't talk today apparently and uh she gets bullied and it gets to the point where she is taken to the prom because one of the bullies felt really bad and was trying to redeem themselves but the main bully or the main villain of the the book slash movie it's like, no, we're going to ruin her time. And so they pour pig blood over her. And so that's the final straw. And everybody in the at the prom, including in the town, die. So, yeah. Though not everyone died in this one. Yes. Yes. There were a few, a select few survivors. Yes, a select few. So for, so for entertainment... Carrie 2013 was a really weird movie for me to watch because, well, just a caveat for the final Carrie movie, I was like, I I've got to read the book again. It's like as a teenager, I remember reading it, but I really didn't remember that much. So I went ahead and reread the book. So that way I had more context to compare the book and the movies. But this movie obviously takes a lot of influence from the other movies, specifically the 1976 one, but it also takes a lot of inspiration from the book. But then it, it, it's like the original book and the 1976 version uh, came together and had a baby. 
and then it was modernized, and this is Carrie 2013. But anyway, so for me, this movie, some of their choices, it's like, I, I like that they kind of tried to get above the the herd and like modernize it, but it, it still wasn't as, I didn't agree with some of their choices. So for entertainment, I'm going with a 6.5. So I feel like it gave me the same kind of vibes as the first one entertainment wise so while i do appreciate that they updated some things and changed a couple here and there it still isn't my go-to of the carry franchise i would actually prefer the 2002 version yeah that's my favorite enough was a made for tv one (laughs) so that's actually fairly rare that the made for tv movie beats out the the actual cinema movies, yeah. but I give this one a six, same as that first one. Now, I do appreciate that in this one, again, they did update some things to make it a bit more relevant. So for like when the, the gym teacher slaps her to try to get her to, to calm down and come to her senses, later she does apologize for that and says she should have handled it better. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And did admit her shortcomings there. They they toned down a lot of the abuse at school. Yes. Which was great. And more in keeping with the times. And they also talked about the the bullying and how it's not tolerated. And the punishment should fit the crime. Things like that. But, you know, don't abuse them or anything like that. Yeah. So that that was good. They did also, still with the abuse at home, the mom clearly knows that it's not socially acceptable for her to do what she does to Carrie in public. So she insists on, quote unquote, disciplining her in the house. Yeah. To the point where Carrie doesn't even want to go in the house after the incident at school occurs. The first incident at school (laughs) occurs and she's like, I want to stay out here and talk about it in the car, basically in view of public. (laughs) And the mom flat out refuses and goes inside and waits for her to come into the house before she throws her in a closet. Yeah, that's a really interesting touch. And another thing that was really weird is the two previous renditions of Carrie, they made the principal come off as an asshole. But in the book, whenever he's calling Carrie by the wrong name, they make it very clear that he's been an assistant principal or been in the school system for a very long time. All the kids kind of look the same. He's mixing up names. And so it's very, a, a very genuine thing rather than like in the previous movies, he, they make it seem like he's purposely messing up her name. So, yeah, but in, so in this movie, it's a lot, the principal or assistant principal is a lot closer to the book where he's more of a, I is like, sorry, I don't remember, I don't know names <laughs> type of thing, rather than blatantly uh, disrespecting her. Yes, and he actually only messes up her name once while talking with her. And once they correct him, he makes it a point to use her actual real name 
going yeah. forward. So it it is nice that he did try to check himself there. Um, I also did give points for this movie at the end with the blood. I feel like the bucket didn't hold quite as much blood as they they showed there. But we'll get to that in realism. But it did actually look the most realistic <laughs> compared to every other Carrie movie we had seen. Yeah. There. And the Finally. and adding to some of the modernization, just a simple touch of having Carrie's mom pick her up from school rather mm-hmm. than Carrie walk home. Uh, just so that way, because it's like even walking home in 2013, that was not really something that many kids really do nowadays. Um, so it's really interesting that they uh, made that decision. I don't know. It's just there's little little tweaks here and there, but I still feel like it it stays pretty true. It's like it's not so altering that it ruins the Carrie story. And one thing that I do like about this rendition that I feel like the other two don't get as well is how demonic almost Carrie becomes once she has the bucket of blood dropped on her. Now, her being totally innocent and naive and stuff like that, I feel like is played up a little bit too much in this version because in the book... Yes, Carrie is naive, but even before the prom, she's she says in her head how much she hates everyone, even her own mother. So it, it's not really like a surprise that she turns. It's more of a, you know, this is the final straw. You guys are screwed type of thing. Um, and so it's like at prom, it's her showing, not showing her true colors, but showing a physical representation of mm-hmm. how she thinks of everyone, I guess, is the mm-hmm. best way to put it. That's fair. I I feel like this movie doesn't develop her quite as much. It does do a good job of showing her practicing her powers. So yeah. it's not zero to 100 at the drop of a hat. Just, oh, I have powers. Oh, I know exactly how to use them 100% without any practice whatsoever i can do anything yeah this movie that that's one huge strong point for this movie yeah. is it develops all of the characters like characters i didn't really think needed that much developing so i i feel like they didn't really develop her arc fully as yeah. far as the switch that happens from naive and innocent to you're all screwed yeah but it she does save a couple of people, which is nice, but it it seems a little disjointed with her. Yes, now, I they agree. did an amazing job with Sue. Yes. They did an amazing job with Sue. When the initial incident occurs, when Carrie gets her period, she's kind of disgusted, which is understandable because, you know, she just put period blood on her skirt. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> but then she, like, tosses her a tampon and she starts going along with it but once everyone starts like chanting and throwing stuff at her she kind of starts to back off and and stops chanting and everything like wait a minute this is this is a bit much yeah and she seems very uncomfortable at the end of it and then 
it it just makes it a little less of a of a switch for her to be like, okay, Tommy, you're you need to ask her to the prom. <laughs> yeah, and that's like with Chris too. Mm-hmm. Like they they did they changed up the scenes a little bit more to where Chris actually went along with the detention. And she kind of goes through a more transitionary period versus in the other movies. She's immediately like, no, I'm not going to do that. My dad's a lawyer. You know, it's a a lot more understandable for her transition to such a drastic prank Mm -hmm. that she wants to pull. She actually talks herself into a lot of things, Chris does, um, especially in the detention. You hear her the entire time just talking smack and saying, you know, this is stupid. Why should we have to put up with this? This is unbelievable. This doesn't make sense. She feels really victimized and she basically talks herself into, you know what? No, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done. Everybody needs to stop too. And she tries to talk everybody into it, but they know they did wrong. And it's only a few days of detention. To be fair, they kind of got off easy with that, <laughs> especially after the video was posted. Yeah. So they're like, no, we're going to keep doing this. <laughs> then she gets upset because she feels like Sue betrayed her by not having her back. When you're really close friends with someone, for them not to go along with what you are thinking or feeling, especially as a spoiled brat, then <laughs> she feels like it's a massive betrayal. And she apparently then talks to her boyfriend about how something needs to be done about Carrie because she's definitely the reason why she's in this situation. In this movie, as compared to the other movies before, the pig's blood is actually his idea. In the other movies, they they made mention of, you know, she comes up with the idea, but she isn't really the one to follow through with it initially. It's the boyfriend, the abusive boyfriend, that's like, we're doing this, <laughs> and talks her into the action itself. This one, she just says something needs to be done about her, and she's brought along for the ride. Yeah. So those arcs are, are definitely a bit more developed in this one. For the mom, I both hate and like what they did. <laughs> No. <laughs> oh. Um, there is a lot to be unpacked with the mom, uh, with the self-harm, hitting her head against the wall, stabbing herself with the seam ripper. I mean, I know there's there's instances of and, and documented instances of people that are highly religious that feel like they need to punish themselves physically for their transgressions. Self-flagellation, I think they call it. Yes. Mm -hmm. But it is also a sign of many different mental illnesses. And I'm surprised that no one has called her out on it and gotten her the help that she needs. Yeah. I feel like the town wouldn't have been in the situation that they were if she had. That's one really big difference with this movie compared to the other movies is they seem to like with the 1976 version, I felt like there's a lot for interpretation and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But with this version, they very much make it a lot more obvious. Like I feel like 
Carrie's mom literally hits her with the Bible, like literally abuses her using religion. And then with her mom, um, you know, mutilating herself, harming herself, that's, you know, a, a representation of, you know, the pain that she's carrying inside, uh, which, you know, at the end of the movie, she uh, tells Carrie. Um, but yeah, it, this movie leaves a lot less up to interpretation, which mm -hmm. in some ways it's helpful because they reveal things that are in the book that you can't really portray in the movie without a more physical representation because it's not like it doesn't make sense to like be able to hear a person talk in their head or whatever uh, yeah. at least for this type of movie but at the same time it also makes it a little bit less fun that you can like explore like the why a character a, a character motivation or whatever yeah yeah, it is. So they did those very, very well. I do wish that they had delved a bit more into exactly what her mental illness was, but they do make it a lot more obvious that there's something mentally wrong with her, that she's not right. It's not just her religious beliefs or anything that's making her act this way. There's something not right upstairs. That's one way so, to put it. <laughs> So that's that's pretty good. What you mentioned with Carrie, though, with her um, looking more demonic at the end, I was going to get to this more in the realism, but they did a nice job with it initially, <laughs> but they weren't consistent with it. <laughs> her pupils did dilate and she did look very demonic, especially the way she was moving and everything, but her eyes kept going back to normal, <laughs> especially on a lot of the close-up shots and it just ruined it. <laughs> It took me out of the entertainment for it. I was just like, no, no, you messed up. You missed a spot. <laughs> but that's that's about all I had for entertainment. How about you? Yeah, I don't really have a whole lot to add. It It's like I could go through the details of how it's different from the other movies in the book and stuff like that. But it's really, I don't know. Like I said, if you, it's like, if you needed to watch one Carrie movie, I'd say the 2002 version. Mm -hmm. But honestly, if I had to pick a, a second movie, it would probably be this version over the 1976. I like that they didn't take as much liberty as far as the interpretation of the book that mm -hmm. the 1976 version did. But I also like the fact that since it is a little bit more modernized, it's easier to relate in mm -hmm. some aspects. Um, like, especially like the bullying thing, even in the 1976 or the 2002 version, I'm like, they're getting so upset about a th something that's super serious, of course, like you don't don't make fun of someone for like not knowing about their period and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they even upped it further to where there was cyber bullying involved, it just made the the punishment fit a lot more with what happened. Yes, absolutely. So let's go ahead and move to realism. So for me, I feel like it was slightly more realistic than the 1976 version. Granted, you know, we didn't grow up in that time. So it was kind of hard for us to really gauge how realistic it was. But I went ahead and upped it by 0.5. So I, for realism, I'm giving it a 6.5. A big reason is the way that they showed the blood. The blood was 
It was not red paint. It actually looked like blood. I don't know what formula they used, but it was a good one. <laughs> so, corn syrup and food coloring, probably. But that's no, what old movies do. Yes, but not all. Some of them get it a bit more watery than they should. Yeah. This one actually had more of the consistency. It looked a bit thicker and stickier. Yeah. And they got the coloring right for yeah. once it wasn't like bright ketchup red or fire engine red it was dark thick barely tell it's red almost brown dark red yeah <laughs> it was blood red yeah that's literally blood. what blood red is <laughs> yeah for once <laughs> right it's so refreshing <laughs> and i do feel a 6.5 is definitely accurate I would give it a 6.5 as well. Very fair. I do have questions like why did the state make the mom stop homeschooling her? They mentioned it at the beginning hmm. that the mom was upset with the school system after the state made her stop homeschooling Carrie. They didn't really mention why. I can't see a reason why unless CPS got involved. But if CPS got involved, then why is she still with her mother? Yeah. And not in the system. Like it it just didn't really make sense the way they were saying it. I I'm not sure why they even mentioned it. It actually kind of more detracted from the movie than added anything of context. Then when they mentioned that the mom should have been called for the incident, yes, she should have been called. She probably should have been called before they even talked to Carrie in the office. And not just about how periods work and what they are but about the bullying incident altogether like she should have been informed about everything that happened and then have everyone sit down and say okay how should we proceed from here so that everyone feels better about this incident yeah the one thing uh because i know you have a little bit more to talk about realism than me one thing that uh i really think added to the realism that I guess could potentially be an entertainment thing is after Tommy gets hit with the bucket. Yes. This is the only time that Carrie actually goes up to him and is like, and, and sees it's, if he's okay. And she genuinely gets upset that he got hurt. And that's a part of her turning. And for me, that makes so much sense rather than her ignoring him because he it's not like she had any grudge against him like he made her night like yes. yeah and and they were there as friends and i did like again with the character development and everything he is very genuine this actor was actually spot on i feel like with this role he came across very genuine very organic yeah didn't really feel forced or anything and he does mention that he and sue are still together but she doesn't want to go to the prom. So he's asking her. I thought that is the 2002 version. I rewatched it. Oh, yeah. So you you remember more than I. I it's been a few it days. Twice. Okay. I watched it twice just in case he Believe does you. mention it. I paid very close attention there because it bugged me the first time. But I was out of it the first time. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> Even better. Yeah, he, does, he does mention it. It's very good. I do take issue with the fact that he is now dead from a bucket. Yes, because in the book, for clarification, 
If anyone, if anyone doesn't know, in the book, he gets hit with the bucket and then he becomes he's unconscious. But what? And but he's still alive. What actually kills him is the the fire, but not in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he is a little whipped. Not gonna lie. But when they're when the teacher confronts the two of them about him asking Carrie to prom and he just goes with everything Sue says. That was a little sad. Nothing uh, wrong with that. But anyway. So long as you're all comfortable with the relationship as a whole. Yeah. <laughs> as long as they're cool and it's a healthy relationship to each their own. I do find it hilarious. That she keeps claiming to her mother over and over she is not a witch, especially why she or while she is holding her <laughs> in midair with her powers. Oh, so mom. I'm not a witch, and then her mom's like, <laughs> as her mom is hanging in the air from her powers. Yeah, it's like that she has. Like you're mom. very convincing, Carrie. I'm sorry. <laughs> Though I do find it a nice touch that shortly after that, her mom mentions that because she believes she's a witch, she's quoting things from the Bible and says at one point that they should be stoned, that witches are to be stoned. And at the very end, they don't have meteors with really crappy CGI. They have stones blasting into the house and into her. I, I do question where the stones come from. Because they look more like river rocks. They're not meteorites. Meteorites look different. They're more jacketed. Hitted. River rocks are smooth around like these. But it was a nice call to it. So they tried. They they did try. Yeah, I called to the, the book. Because in yeah. the book, when Carrie is three years old, she does the meteor thing. Which is what we were bitching about most in the 2002 version. But, yep, that, that really happened. happened. But, all right. But what's weird is in the 2002 version, they made it sound like it was the meters. It looked like the meters were going everywhere. But in the book, it's like, nope, just hit Carrie's house. I mean, the meteors were more centralized to the house. But there were a few stray ones here and there. I think the main thing that I took issue with in that scene was this, the graphics. Horribly animated. Not gonna lie. TV movie. Do better. Just like a sci-fi original. Do better. It was 2002, though. And a TV original, so they only had so much. (laughs) Do better. (laughs) So I also feel like not as many people went to check on her as there should have been. Yeah, the teacher kind of started to run out there, but it took her a long time to start going up there. Yeah. In the first place. It seemed a little out of place and i know again a lot of people are shocked that it's even happening and most of them don't care about her but what about tommy's friend who was nowhere to be seen or his girlfriend the chick that was introduced to carrie who was awesome by the way and i feel kind of bad that she died for no reason she seemed genuinely kind And genuinely interested in having a conversation with Carrie. She didn't go there. She didn't know anything about it. She had nothing to do with it. She did. (laughs) (laughs) Neither of them went up to the stage to check on, not even to check on Tommy. Yeah, it was. Not even to check on Tommy. Yeah, 
kind of the the it's this movie is so weird because it's like they make some choices that you're like oh yeah that makes so much sense but then they make other decisions that you're like what why why <laughs> and i can i can kind of see sue going up there especially after she receives the text from chris about carrie so i i could see her going up there and trying to stop it and then again the teacher kind of thinks, oh, she might ruin it because she's jealous that her boyfriend's up there with Carrie or whatever. I feel like it was a bit much to throw her out of the prom. Well, and it's like that decision to have Sue come to the prom, that was completely the original movie's idea. Like, Sue never comes to the prom in the book. Mm -hmm. Like, she actually finds out that she's pregnant in the book while her boyfriend's at the prom with Carrie and then at the very end Carrie whenever they have whenever they have their confrontation at the end like they do in this movie instead of Sue having the baby like she does in the movie in the book that uh, Carrie actually makes her have a miscarriage unfortunately which is very sad because it it really should be her choice but that's a whole other topic for not today i do also want to ask when chris and billy go to their car after the bucket incident who parks like a total a-hole there were four cars blocking them on every side front back and on each side they were completely blocked in who parks like that? Who blocked him in like that? And how did they get out? Yeah, that's what I want to know. <laughs> They're driving down the road. So, and there doesn't seem to be any damage to their vehicle. So, did they legitimately wait for someone to run out to escape the fiery hell that is currently their school and get to their car and back away or? you know, make a, a hole for them to escape through? Or did they, like, very gently push their metal body vehicle against one of the others out of the way? One of the plastic-based cars out of the way <laughs> to get out? Because it doesn't appear to be damaged in any way or scratched in any way. So how? Just wondering. And Chris is an idiot. Because after the earthquake incident, and she she's yelling at her boyfriend to run her over and kill her. Carrie, that is. A nothing wall. So running her over clearly isn't going to work. He's unconscious or dead. She moves him out of the way enough for to move the vehicle, and she tries to run her over again. To oh. remind you all, the definition of insanity... <laughs> Is doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. <laughs> Another thing I want to bring up that is a part of the realism scale is in the book, Stephen King makes it very obvious and apparent that Carrie and her mother are not attractive. And in fact, they even mention that they're overweight. Um, I would imagine that the reason why these characters in the movie aren't overweight is because of Hollywood. But it's like this version of Carrie is far too pretty. Like really the, 
1976 version of Carrie is more accurate. It's like the 1976 version of Carrie, but then like the 2013 version of the mom, I think are like the perfect duo. Cause the mom in the 1976 version is too pretty, but it's like the bikini girl where Carrie has a whole scene on like, I want dirty pillows too. That, that girl in the book <laughs> was, uh, made the, the, had the thought that Carrie used to be really pretty as a little girl, but then as she was growing up, she became like ugly and unattractive. And it kind of makes it seem like it's almost like the, the oppression of the mother kind of prevented Carrie from flourishing into the woman that she could have become. Right. The environment that she was in definitely hindered her development. And a lot of that comes out in her having her period at like 18. So, which I know can happen even if you're in a good environment just due to various things. But that's what they're trying to say in this movie. Carrie was 16, though, as a FYI. In the book, it says she's 16. Okay, well, here, prom happens in your senior year when most people are 18, but... Well, but... That's what I was basing it on. To be fair, though... And they said 18 in this movie. Tommy asked her, so if he's the senior... I don't know. I don't know shit about Tommy, so... Well, in this (laughs) movie, they actually did mention that she had a period at 18, so... Oh, they did? Yes. Oh. When they're in the principal's office. Oh. Okay. And the gym teacher did say it's rare. Usually it happens when you're like 11 or 12, but it can happen later, just depending on random factors. So I do also question, and I know a lot of this is because of her religious mindset and her mental illness and everything but the mom's thinking with certain things she really ignores a lot of verses of the bible just saying yeah but it's like she nitpicks and then she makes up her own she really does (laughs) and especially in this one at one point she mentions toward the end of the movie i should have killed myself when he put it in me i'm sorry i was under the impression that suicide was like a one-way ticket to hell like even worse than an intercourse in the minds of a lot of religions. And well, and then I'm also confused. I know there's different denominations of Christianity and they all believe slightly different things. But from my understanding, the Bible really only condemns mar- mar- or sex that is outside of marriage. But they were, But they were married. And I can understand them... Being like, oh, we we only have sex for procreation. We don't have sex for pleasure. Because there are Christians that believe that. Uh, but so it's like, but still, Carrie's mom shouldn't have a problem with getting pregnant then, because in the Bible it literally said, I'm, I'm I have they questions. Say, Go forth and multiply. Yeah, I'm confused. Oh, I I just don't understand her reasoning behind this and the picking and choosing of certain things over others. I know she's like super Old Testament type. Yeah, she's a fun. Uh, yeah, it's specified in the book that she's a fundamentalist Christian, and they do tend to be a lot more conservative. Mm-hmm. They do, but I'm. I feel like 
in the Old Testament and everything, they also say that it's kind of frowned upon to kill your kid. So, yeah, because she she also mentioned, and they show actually that she goes to kill Carrie after having her. Not gonna lie, I'm kind of surprised Carrie lived anyway, since she had her at home with no assistance whatsoever, and she seems to hate doctors. And there's a lot of blood. There's there's a lot of blood. Yeah. Like, I feel like if she lost any more blood, she and Carrie both probably would have died. It was a lot of blood. <laughs> there was, though I would also like to mention real, real quick that when she was having Carrie, she she thought it was cancer. Yeah. At no point whatsoever did she go to a doctor to get checked out or anything. She had no idea that she was preggers and it wasn't cancer. That's one way to put it. So she, I guess she just thought she was being punished. I think you mentioned that at one point that in the book, she thought she was being punished and that she thought it was stomach cancer, which I guess sort of would kind of not really explain why her stomach was getting that big. Well, I think she thought it was stomach or a uh, cancer of the uterus for having intercourse. Okay. But How yeah. Can you explain the kicking? That's a good question. You know, there are times when you can actually kind of see the imprint of the foot. Oh, 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 I didn't know that. Oh, no, I did. I didn't want to need. I didn't need to know this. Oh, my God. <laughs> Pregnancy like low key wigs me out. It's like if you want kids all all to you. But ooh, <laughs> that oh. <laughs> It changes the woman's body. Literally. Guys, God. <laughs> guys, go hug your mom. Thank her for everything she does for you. Don't skip out on any more Mother's Days. <laughs> Not skip out on Mother's Day. <laughs> because the woman goes through a lot with her body changes in pregnancy and childbirth. So hug your mama. <laughs> so. But that's that's all I got for realism too. Yep. So, had anything else? No, that's it. Just uh, let us know what your favorite version of Curie is. I actually, maybe we can do a poll, but I'd be really curious to know, like, which movie wins because for for both of us, it's the two thousand two version, which is just kind of crazy to me it's like normally you're like oh the original version is by far the best like usually, nine times out of ten yes. i i will i will agree to that usually i do vote the original is best but in this case definitely the 2002 followed by this one shockingly and then the original then the rage carry two yeah my ranking is exactly the same yeah <laughs> Yeah, but thank you, Nicole, again for requesting these movies. We hope that we uh, we delivered on them. And yet again, just want to say that we wish you a very, very happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> hope you enjoyed it. If you guys have any other requests or anything that you want us to watch and review, please let us know. Uh, by now, we will have already announced what game we are playing for the next live stream. So look forward to that. It will 
if all goes according to plan beyond the fifth, the fifth of June. Fingers crossed. So if there is any issues and we do have to push it back, then we will let everybody know in a post. No worries there, but be sure that you're there. It will be at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on Twitch and YouTube. So be sure to view those. And until the next time, guys, say stay safe and stay spoopy. Bye. Bye.